Om Jnana Timindasya Kyanandana Salakya Shakshurin Minitam Yena Tasmai Sigurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhistam <coughs> Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam rupa kadamayam dadati svapanantikam vandeham sigaro si yuta padakamalam si guru vamsnavamscha si rupam sagrajatam sahagana raganatam vitam tam sajivam sadvaitam zavadutam Parijana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sivisankam Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandha Jagatpate Gopesa Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vindavaneswari Visabhana Sutta Devi Pranamami Haripriye Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunichananda Sri Dvaita Gadadar Sri Vasudev Gaura Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So I'm reading today uh, two verses from Srimad Bhagavatam. One uh, from the um, first canto, uh, Narada's instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam for Vyasadeva, text number 10 and 11. Um, so the first verse is, Nayat pachas chitrapadam hariryaso jagat pavitram pragrinita karhichit those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord, who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe, are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for gross. Since, all, since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode, they do not derive any pleasure there. Hmm. And the next verse, Tattva kvisargo janataka viplavo yasmin pratisloka nabhadavati api namani anantasya yason kitani yat srinvanti gayanti grinanti sadhava on the other hand, that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, form, sorry, name, fame, forms, pastimes, etc., of the unlimited Supreme Lord is a different creation, full of transcendental words, directed to it bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literature, even though imperfectly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. So words that do not describe the glories of the Lord are like 
places of pilgrimage for crows. Mm. At least so considered by the saintly persons. Mm. And saintly persons don't derive any pleasures there. Srila mm. uh, Prabhupada in the purport says, crows and swans are not birds of the same feather because of their different mental attitudes. The fruit of workers or passionate men are compared to the crows, whereas the all perfect saintly persons are compared to the swans. The crows take pleasure in a place where garbage is thrown out, just as the passionate fruit of worker takes pleasure in wine and, and woman and places for crows sense pleasure. The swans do not take pleasure in the places where crows are assembled for conferences and meetings. They're instead seen in the atmosphere of natural scenic beauty, where there are trans transparent reservoirs of water nicely decorated with stems of lotus flower in variegated colors of natural beauty. That is the difference between the two classes of, of birds. Hmm. Hmm. So Srila Prabhupada takes the example of the crows and the swans to describe the uh, you know, materialistic people and uh, to describe uh, the devotees and uh, crows that are interested in places uh, where garbage is thrown out, uh, just as passionate fruit of workers take pleasure in wine and woman and places for gross sense pleasure. Mm. Um, and then the swans, they don't take place, take, take pleasure places where crows are assembled for conferences and meetings. Uh, so, of course, um, it's interesting because Prabhupada jumps into, when he speaks about conferences and meetings, it's, uh, he's talking now about crow-like human be beings, human beings with a crow-like mentality. Um, so yes, um, first of all, the goal has to be clear. Um, and uh, so we are uh, beginning our focus on the goal. And it is clear that any temporary goal is not a real goal at all, uh, because anything temporary will not last. So what is the benefit of striving after temporary things? Therefore, the real goal must be eternal. Mm. But even that is not enough. Uh, we also, that is not to, enough to satisfy the heart. Uh, uh, there is also a need to satisfy our individual natures, our natural desire for happiness, anandamaya sat, which is uh, our natural uh, tendency for, for taste, our natural tendency to uh, appreciate, appreciate beauty um, 
it is not only uh, that beauty is a nice thing. Uh, we are meant, we are meant to be in a beautiful environment. Aisvaryasya samagrasya viryasya sasa so all the opulences are present within Krishna. Um, all beauty, all knowledge, all strength, all fame, all, all um, let's see, all wisdom and all renunciation. Uh, so Krishna is the uh, yeah is the supreme personality of Godhead who has all the qualities of attractiveness within him, and that is where we are meant to reside uh, in such an environment. Yes. If we are deprived of that, then we'll go look for it somewhere else. Uh, then we'll go look for beauty somewhere else. We'll go look for power somewhere else. We'll look for fame, in either our, our own fame, or we follow the fame of someone else. But all these things are just surrogate. Uh, these are just replacements of the original. So Bhagavatam is going to destruct to the discussion of the original tatvak visargo jana tak viplavo yasmin pratistokam abadavati api namanian tasya son kitani yat shimanti gayanti grinanti sadava so first of all um, on the other hand that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name fame forms pastimes etc of the unlimited Supreme Lord is a different creation, full of transcendental words directed to it, bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world, misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literature, even though imperfectly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. So yes, this this is, is really um, the answer, the answer to the needs of the world, um, the answers to the, the need within us. Um, there's an inherent need, an inherent need uh, for happiness, which can only be satisfied by uh, connecting with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, um, who is performing all his wonderful pastimes, who is just f full of amazing qualities. So when we are going to the, uh, to the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, we get a direct description of Krishna's pastimes. So let's have a look at that. Um, Mm. Then when I look at the 10th canto, um, in the first part, 
Um, she, oh, sorry, I, I made a little mistake in the. So, in the first part of the Bhagavatam, um, up to the, the past, up to the point where Lord Brahma, in chapter thirteen, steals the the boys and calves. Uh, and then in chapter 14 of the 10th canto, uh, Lloyd Brahma begins to offer prayers to Krishna. So we've already seen er many early childhood pastimes of Krishna. We've seen descriptions about um, the advent of Krishna, prayers of the demigods uh, for Lord Krishna in the womb, birth of Lord Krishna, atrocities of Kamsa, meeting of Nanda Maharaj and Vasudeva, the killing of the demon Putana, the killing of the demon Trinavarta. Lord Krishna shows the universal form, the universal form within his mouth. And uh, Mother Yasoda binds Lord Krishna. Deliverance of the Yamala Arjuna trees, the childhood pastimes of Krishna, the killing of the demon Agasura, and then we get to the stealing of the boys and calves by Brahma. Hmm. So, in the 14th chapter uh, of, uh, of the Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada uh, left this, this world. And, and so he was not able to, uh, to complete uh, the full Bhagavatam. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so the, the So the final verse and that Srila Prabhupada translated was the first, um, was chapter 13, uh, text 64. So let us look at that. Um, okay. Sanera tuttaya vimirjalo chane mukunda mudviksha vinamra kandara kritanjali prasrayavan samahitaha save patur gatkadiyai late laya. Then rising very gradually and wiping his two eyes, Lord Brahma looked up at Mukunda. Lord Brahma, his head bent low, his mind concentrated and his body trembling very humbly began with faltering verse to offer praises to Lord Krishna. Mm. Yeah, I thought that I was going a little further. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, purport. Brahma, being very joyful, began to shed tears. He washed the lotus feet of Krishna with his tears. Repeatedly he fell and rose as he recalled the wonderful activities of the Lord. After repeating obeisances for a long time, Brahma stood up and smeared his hands over his eyes. Shilavishna Chakravarti Thakur comment that the word lochana indicates that with his two hands he wiped the two eyes on each of his four faces. Seeing the Lord before him, Brahma began to offer prayers with great humility, respect, and an attention. Mm. Yeah, Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma is a devotee. Uh, even if Lord Brahma is sometimes uh, apparently uh, overwhelmed uh, by some some pride and uh, and makes a mistake, we should also we should also understand who who Lord Brahma is. Uh, that Lord Brahma is such a powerful personality. He is, so the more powerful we become, uh, the more naturally we begin to, uh, we begin to have some, uh, um, how to say, uh, we become more important. And our, our judgment becomes more important. What happens to us uh, has more influence on others. Uh, so Lord Brahma is so powerful, the, the entire universe depends on him. Uh, Lord Brahma ultimately is, is creating all these living beings from, from his mind and his body and so on. So uh, in this way, um, Lord Brahma is a very, very powerful agent. So, but it shows that Lord Brahma is, is also a jiva, and that Lord Brahma, therefore, as a jiva, is also, can also become bewildered by all the opulence of the material energy. And so Lord Brahma can also become become influenced by the illusory energy. But because of his extraordinary dedication, because of his great piety, even if such a thing would very rarely happen, because of his devotion and his dedication, he has attracted the protection of Krishna. And Krishna immediately makes arrangements. to correct the mistake. And immediately, um, Lord Brahma then, when he comes to his senses, then the full appreciation is there. Um, uh, we don't, we don't see Lord Brahma in the, in the light of this, uh, this particular pastimes. We, 
we see Lord Brahma as the head of our Sampradaya. We are the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. Madhva Acharya uh, did not want to comment on this particular pastime because, because of this reason. However, um, we are appreciating that uh, Lord Brahma is the perfect uh, via media of Krishna. And that even such spots on the moon are totally, uh, are totally irrelevant. Um, because Lord Brahma is the pure conduit of the transcendental knowledge of Krishna. And so we will always worship him. It does explain something about the nature of Guru Tattva. Hmm. That the spiritual master works uh, it, as the servant of Krishna, and fully dedicated servant of Krishna, and he becomes the via media of Krishna. It is mentioned that the, uh, the words of the spiritual master are free from any fault. He doesn't make mistake. So this topic from uh, whether the pure devotee could make mistakes came up. Um, we are, uh, Burijan describes it in his, uh, in his, his uh, biography about Srila Prabhupada. And he mentions how the devotees were walking on the beach and how there were many crabs that uh, on the beach. And at one point Prabhupada pointed at one and said, look, a scorpion. And everyone saw it was a crab. So uh, that was kind of very revealing because up to that point, um, everyone thought the pure devotee is perfect. And how can he make any mistake? Uh, how can he make any mistake? So this is a, is a major question. Um, uh, of course, when Srila Prabhupada was asked whether the devotee could make mistakes. It, it, uh, it was something that started, that entered into the community and the questions rose to the fore and, and Prabhupada was asked uh, about making mistakes. Then uh, by, for example, mistaking one person for another. And Prabhupada said, that's not a mistake, that is material. You're speaking about always being the representative of Krishna. There's no mistake, no mistake. Yes. So we're looking at the pure devotee as perfect, yeah, as completely perfect. So it is, it is bewildering that, uh, that Lord Brahma could, uh, could do such a thing. So, 
Well, we can see that in the life of Lord Brahma, uh, there um, twice occur some uh, some issues. Uh, one time is when um, in the course of the creation, Lord Brahma creates the twilight. And the twilight takes the form of a very, very beautiful woman. And she's, she's very attractive. And everyone, all the, all the sages, all the, uh, which are produced from the mind of Lord Brahma, they all felt attracted to her. And, it, and even, and then another form appeared. And that was the form of Cupid. And as soon as Cupid was present, uh, everyone became affected. Uh, everyone became affected by amorous desire. Uh, Cupid appeared with his bow and his flower arrows, and everyone was, was touched suddenly by some lusty desire. So even, even Lord Brahma himself uh, became attracted to his own daughter. So, uh, so that influence of Cupid is, is so powerful uh, that no living being uh, can just rise above. Only daiviyesa gunamayi mamamaya durachiyamameviye papadinte mayamitam taramatite. Only if, if there is the, the mercy of Krishna. Uh, only by his mercy. Otherwise, on our own strength, uh, it's virtually impossible. Lord Brahma, somehow or other, managed, right, due to his extraordinary qualification, to pull himself back from this. Uh, but it took a, a great effort. You know? Now, Lord Brahma uh, became... Uh, a little bit bewildered by uh, Krishna appearing here as a boy. Uh, he appeared as a boy who stole the calves and the, uh, the cowherd boys. That is certainly uh, bewildering, right? uh, especially uh, if we are uh, chanting the Brahma Samhita, uh, which fully understand everything. Chintamani prakarasatma sukalpa vriksha laksivratesa surabhira vipaliyantam laksmi sahasra satasam brahma sevyamanam kuvindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami. In those verses, Krishna, Lord Brahma is describing Krishna, um, he, uh, who is worshipped by millions of goddesses of fortune, Venum Kwanantam Aravinda Dalaya Taksam, has the lotus eyes, who plays his flute and wears a peacock feather. Um, so Lord Brahma seems to be very much conversant with the pastimes of Krishna in Vrindavan. Mm. Still, uh, Lord Brahma also doesn't belong to the realm of Vrindavan. Mm. 
Lord Brahma is worshipping Vrindavan. He's chanting the Kama Gayatri Mantra, which describes Krishna <coughs> as even greater <coughs> than Cupid, as even a greater power to awaken loving feelings in the heart of living beings. But this time not lust, this time love. Um, that is Krishna. So greater than Cupid, Cupid who can awake lust in the heart of all, uh, greater than Cupid is Krishna who can, can awake love, awaken love in the hearts of all. Hmm. Brahma is deeply meditating. Yet we also find verses that Lord Brahma uh, is meditating for 60,000 of his years on the dust at the lotus feet of the gopis, uh, simply to try and understand the nature of the pastimes of Krishna and the gopis. But even after 60,000 years, he cannot, cannot understand. Um, so we see all these kinds of verses. Um, uh, but Lord Brahma is, is surely, uh, surely uh, the natural head of our Sampradaya. Uh, because he was the only living being in the entire universe. And when transcendental knowledge descends in the universe, uh, it descended in full to Lord Brahma. Krishna revealed Gayatri Mantra to you. Sorry. Yeah. So in this way, we are appreciating. Uh, <clears throat> it is said when uh, Lord Brahma heard the sound of Krishna's flute, then uh, the, uh, the Gayatri came out of his mouth. Mm. Now, let's just go for a moment to chapter 13 and to the chapter summary. This chapter describes Lord Brahma's attempt to take away the calves and coward boys, and it also describes the bewilderment of Lord Brahma and finally the clearance of his illusion. Mm. And then anyway, so that is the nature of, of the living being. Uh, it is said that Janmadi as Shiatun viat itaratas chates fabikyasurat. Tene Brahmaridaya adikavi muyanti at suriyaha. Tejo varimilam yatavini meo yatatri sargamis at dumbness venus adani rustakulkam. Satyam param dimahi. Yes, that Krishna is the origin of everything in this world. And Everything is emanating from him. Uh, and then Krishna is all-knowing, and yet Krishna also remains 
independent, um, then the uh, So Tene Brahma Ridaya Adikavaye, he first uh, revealed this in the heart of Adikavi Brahma, of the original, of Lord Brahma, who is the original learned person, Adikavi. Hmm. Um, yes. So, when it starts to begin, Jamadhyasya Brahma Adikavi Even the suras, they are influenced by the illusory energy. Tejo Yes, just as we can see uh, water in fire, uh, or we can, or a deer, etatrisarga missa, or a deer can see water on land and chase after it and run into a desert. Uh, so all living beings are influenced by this illusory energy. But satyamparam dimahi, I am meditating on the absolute truth. Uh, and yes, the Gayatri mantra is invoked. Mm. So it begins also like that with Lord Prama, who gets the transcendental knowledge, and then Gayatri is manifesting from him. Um, so in this way, we're appreciating um, that Lord Brahma is, is then chanting Gayatri and realizing Gayatri. Still, um, Lord Brahma's realization is not the same as the realization of the gopis of Vrindavan. We have no difficulties with that. Uh, because different birds fly on different levels in the sky of realization. So, um, but Lord Brahma is, is flying in that sky, in that transcendental sky of realization. And he's Adhikavi, he's the first one to whom Krishna reveals, and therefore he's the first link with the Sampradaya. Mm. And Anarda is the next, and Vyasa is the next. Hmm. Then we come to Madhvaracharya, and uh, at one point, uh, we come from Vyas, and then in our Sampradaya, we go from Brahma to Narada to Vyas, and then uh, for thousands of years, we make a jump, uh, because if we're looking, we see that the person described after Vyas is uh, is is Madhva. One second. Go Lokira. Yeah. Uh huh. Just need to table, yeah. Uh huh. 
I'm quickly looking. Hmm. It's not clear. Okay, then I have to find it just by manually find it, which takes a little bit more time. Current materialistic age, no. But I will, I just wanted to find there are uh, Madhvacharya. Oh, yes, I found it here. So in the Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is quoting in his, in, in the book, Sri Chaitanya's teaching, page 311. Um, Deva Bhakti Sumukya Vini Chasyaiva Sayujam Lakshma Jiva Kutitvam Ittievam Matavisesa Daksinadi Desiti Tena Gode Pimadavin Dradayastat Upasisya Katichit Babuvur Itiatta. Sri Vijabhusan Prabhu has found the following four teachings in the philosophy of Madhvacharya to be unacceptable to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. 1. Only a Brahmana devotee is eligible for liberation. 2. Demigods are the foremost devotees. 3. Lord Brahma attains Sayuja Mukti, merging into Brahman. And 4. Lakshmi Devi is included among the jivas. Nevertheless, Srimadavinda Puri and a number of others in Bengal became followers of Madhvacharya's Prema Bhakti line. So it's, uh, I have quoted this uh, in, uh, in a book uh, that I published, a collection of Vaishnav quotes, Golo Kira Premadana. Uh, and on page 43. So it's interesting right, uh, that, uh, because it raises a similar point, how can Madhvacharya, if we are in the line of disciplic succession, how can Madhvacharya uh, have a different opinion on such main points? How can he see Lakshmi Devi, uh, Narayan's concert, as being included among the jivas. She's the eternal consort of the Lord, and she's internally engaged in serving the lotus feet of the Lord, Padasevanam. So, <coughs> so how is this possible? Good. Ah. How is it possible that Madhvacharya would be bewildered in such a way? That is the question. And, uh, well, our answer to it is that, uh, yes, Madhvacharya, uh, he is, is, is a link in our Sampadaya. We're accepting him as a bona fide link. Um, so, that's so like, well, how is it possible that there are our differences when we're speaking about bona fide link said, yes, still the essential conclusions, um, the essential conclusions 
of the absolute truth came to Madhvacharya. But when, uh, when Madhvacharya is establishing Lakshmi uh, as, as Jiva, yeah, then that is, is bewildering. Uh, didn't Maya Madhvacharya know? Mm. Well, Madhvacharya is obviously a very extraordinary personality. First of all, we're accepting that Madhvacharya, um, who lived approximately uh, a, a thousand years ago, uh, that he went to the Himalayas a thousand years ago and met Vyasadev, who still resided there in the Himalayas. And in this way, uh, in this way, Madhvacharya is then the link after, after Vyasadeva. So we're not talking here about an ordinary person. Madhvacharya has been identified as an incarnation of Vayu. And uh, all right, so that is interesting. He's certainly extraordinarily powerful, extraordinarily learned, extraordinarily, uh, extraordinary Acharya. Hmm. But then, how is it possible that Lakshmi is included among the Jivas? It appears that Madhvacharya's principal mission was to establish that Sankaracharya's teachings of monism were wrong. And that was his, that was his main purpose to somehow or other uh, correct this. Because uh, at the time, uh, Sankaracharya's teachings had widely spread over India. So Sankaracharya had been also, uh, was not just an ordinary Acharya, Sankaracharya was an incarnation of Lord Shiva. Uh, and who had been, and prior to that, uh, there had been uh, Buddhism in India, which is widely spread. When we're looking at historians, uh, uh, it's interesting, Chinese historians have uh, been interested in recording the history of Buddhism. And we read, for example, how in the third and the fourth century in, in uh, Orissa, in Jagannath Puri, Buddhism was, uh, was very, was flourishing and was very, uh, um, very uh, successful. Yes, we know that in Bengal, Buddhism was uh, was very, very interesting, very, very uh, uh, widely established for a long time. Uh, even in Afghanistan, which is the place where where Gandhi came from, right? even in Afghanistan, uh, in the central. Afghanistan in the Bamiyan Valley, there used to be uh, 
Buddha statues carved out of the mountain, which were 35 meters high. And I actually went and I actually saw these, uh, these enormous Buddhas and there was a staircase and you could go in the Buddha and you could climb up this, this spiral staircase. It's quite a 35 meter spiral staircase. And, and some natural light was coming in. Um, and then at the top, one would come to a, a big cave. And then there would be like two openings through which one could look at the world. And these were the eyes of the Buddha. So it was quite amazing. Uh, I went there and we climbed up and it was uh, quite a long climb and came in that cave and looked through the, uh, and looked through the openings at the world. So, yes, Buddhism was widely spread. Uh, why? We know that it is, uh, it is stated that Lord Buddha appeared uh, with the purpose of, uh, of, uh, of taking people away from the, uh, uh, from the misuse of Vedic, um, Vedic sacrifices and with the desire of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, Sorry, I'm trying to multitask and I can't. Um, okay, I'll do it separately. So, uh, with the desire to take people away from their abuse of these animal sacrifices. And we'll quickly look up does Avatara Stodrum. So here we have it. As described by Jayadev Goswami in his Dasavatar Stotra, Lord Buddha apparently decried the Vedic knowledge. Nindasi Yakyavidir Ahasruti Jatam Sadayaridaya Darsita Pasugatam Kesavadrita Buddha Sarira Jai Jagadishare. The mission of Lord Buddha was to save people from the abominable activity of animal killing and to save the poor animals from being unnecessarily killed. When Pasandis were cheating by killing animals on the plea of sacrificing them in Vedic Yakyas, the Lord said, if the Vedic junctions injunctions allow animal killing, I do not accept the Vedic principles. Thus, he saved, thus he actually saved people who acted according to Vedic principles. One should ever surrender to Lord Buddha so that he can help one avoid misusing the injunctions of the Vedas. Then Sankaracharya, he came and he taught a, a philosophy that was very similar to the philosophy of Buddha, but he brought people back to the, uh, to the um, Vedic uh, 
Vedic literatures, but gave an impersonal conclusion. Uh, and then next, and, and of course, Sankaracharya is Lord Shiva, Lord Buddha is Shaktivesha avatar of Lord Vishnu. And finally, now we get Madhvacharya, who is Vayu. And then Madhvacharya is Vayu. His mission is to bring people back to the uh, to the personalist understanding of the Vedas. But what Madhvacharya did not do, he did not enter into the relationship that the Supreme Lord has with his eternal concert, knowing very well that as a demigod, he was not able to reveal all this. He left that to Lord Chaitanya. And then Lord Chaitanya is teaching us this particular aspect of Rasa Tattva. That is why the teachings of Madhvacharya are included in nine prameyas, nine philosophical truths. And then Bhaktivinoda Thakur has listed the teachings of Lord Chaitanya in the Dasamula Tattva, which are the ten root principles of, of the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they are the same as the nine prameyas plus one. And that one is Rasa Tattva. So in this way, we see that uh, then the journey is complete. So we are not, uh, we are simply seeing that Madhvacharya is the bona fide instrument and the bona fide link with the, uh, with the disciplic succession and that the disciplic succession comes through him and is fully intact. And yet we're seeing that when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears, that his teachings are taking it to another level, um, are taking it to a level of, of a more complete revelation. So as different birds are flying on different levels in the sky of, of Siddhanta, of conclusive truth. So, and yet, the, sa the same Siddhanta is coming through. So, going to Lord Brahma, uh, these descriptions of Srimad Bhagavatam then are perfect. Tatvakvisargo janataka viplavo yasmin pratislokam avadavati api. Because these descriptions of Bhagavatam are actually establishing Krishna. And we see how Lord Brahma is such an intimate associate of Krishna. Um, he is like working together with Krishna. It is so nice that when Lord Brahma gets the, uh, the darshan of, uh, of the Supreme Lord Vishnu um, in an earlier stage, that, um, that then the Supreme Lord gives him a handshake. Um, so... Uh, they are so such close associates. So even if for a moment Lord Brahma appeared to be bewildered and stole the calves and cowherd boys, we don't see that as a disqualification because uh, it rather shows the potential inherent weakness 
in every jiva, but it also shows that when the jiva is closely connected with Krishna, that Krishna will personally protect him. And Lord Brahma is, is the perfect representative of Krishna. And all the knowledge comes through disciplic succession. From Lord Brahma to Narana, from Narada to Vyas, from, from Vyas to Madhva. And Madhva, although he doesn't explain the, the nature of the eternal concert of the Lord and the eternal relationship the Lord has, still Madhvacharya is also the perfect connection. But then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as the most merciful incarnation, begins to reveal uh, these very intimate uh, details that most the most hidden secrets now so easily available to all, uh, the most confidential knowledge. So uh, in this way, there is, uh, we can see how the Sampradaya works and that the Guru is not just um, measured on his own uh, qualifications, uh, but the Guru is also measured by uh, simply how Krishna works through him. And in this way, um, we appreciate the, uh, the mysteries of the disciplic succession. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Kijai.